Welcome to Zichud Daf Siman Member by Avram Goldai and today we're Zichud Rosh Hashanah Daf Zayin, the first parak of Rosh Hashanim. Masechus Rosh Hashanah has been generously sponsored as a schus for Chayav Bas Esther. So the three topics we're going to focus on. Number one, the Gemara brings a brayse that notes that the first of Nisan is significant with respect to other halachas as well. Be'echo ben Nisan Rosh Hashanah v'chadashim li'iburin tumeshkolim yesha omrim afleschiras batim. The first of Nisan is Rosh Hashanah for months, for Ibur years, and for the separation of the Shkalim, and some say, also for the rental of houses. The more explains that the reason that Artana did not include months in the Mishnah is B'Shonin Kamairi, B'Chadashim Kamairi. He's discussing ways in which the New Year is relevant to years, meaning to 12-month periods that have halachic significance. He's not discussing ways in which it is relevant to months. He did include Iburim because B'Shal Kamairi, B'Hapsakulo Kamairi. Because he's discussing only beginnings. He's not discussing culminations, such as the end of the period when the court may proclaim a leap year. He didn't include the separation of Shkalim since the Bryson taught that if one brought the funds from the old year, he has fulfilled his chiyuv. And therefore the Tana could not state it as an absolute rule, for this implies it would invalidate the old Shkalim. Therefore, he chose to omit this law entirely. Pointing to his Tana Bryson, They testified that we may add a month into the year during the entire month of Adar. This testimony was necessary because there were those who said that the leap year can be declared only until Purim, the 14th of Adar. Digmore explains that the reason for limiting the adding the leap year only until Purim is that since people were in the halachas three days before Pesach, the people might come to be lax in observing the prohibition against chametz. Rashi explains that people in the distant communities will have it fixed in their minds that Pesach is in 30 days and they'll not listen to the messengers that come who tell them it's a month later. Digmore explains that the other Tana would respond that people know that declaring a leap year depends on calculations, and the reason for the delay was that the rabbis did not finish their calculations until this time. And pointing through his Tana Brisa, Hamaskir Baisel Chaber Lashana, If one rents a house to his fellow for a year, he counts 12 months from day to day, and the lease expires exactly 12 months later. The Im Amr Zo, and if he said that the period of the lease was for this year, then even if it was on the first of Adar, when the lease was signed, Kevin Yom Echem as soon as the first day of Nisan arrives, a year has been completed. The Gemara explains that even according to the one who said, Yom Echem Shana, one day of a year is considered like an entire year, it's different here, because a person doesn't bother to rent a house for less than 30 days. Rashi explains that it's considered as if he lived there a full year, only if he was there for at least 30 days. When the Gemara suggests that the Rosh Hashanah begins in Tishrei, it answers that when a person rents a house for this year, close to Tishrei, he intends to rent it for the entire rainy season until Nisan. The Tanakama of the Brisa and the Tanaba Ar Mishnah did not include it in their list, because in Nisan as well, clouds are common. Rashi explains that they therefore consider Nisan still part of the rainy season. So once again, the three points are number one. The Gemara brings a Bryce that notes that the first of Nisan is significant with respect to other halachos as well. The first of Nisan is the Rosh Hashanah for months, for Eber years, and for the separation of the Shkalim, and some say also for the rental of houses. The Gemara explains that the reason that Ratana did not include months in the Mishnah is, He's discussing ways in which the new year is relevant to years, meaning to 12-month periods that have halachic significance, and he's not discussing ways in which is relevant to months. He didn't include Iburin because Paschal Kamari, Bahapsakul Kamari, because he's discussing 
only beginnings. He's not discussing culminations, such as the end of the period when the court may proclaim a leap year. He did not include the separation of Shkong, since Abraisa taught that if one brought the funds from the old year, he has fulfilled his hue. Therefore, the Tana could not state it as an absolute rule, but this implies it would invalidate the old Shkong. Therefore, he chose to admit this halacha entirely. Point number two was taught in Abraisa, they testified that we may add a month into the year during the entire month of Adar. This testimony was necessary because there were those who said that the leap year can be declared only until Purim, the 14th of Adar. The more explains that the reason for eliminating the adding of the leap year only until Purim is that since people will learn the halachas 30 days before Pesach, the people might come to be lax in observing the prohibition against chametz. Rashi explains that people in the distant communities will have it fixed in their minds that Pesach is in 30 days, and they won't listen to the messengers that come who tell them it's a month later. The Gemara explains that the other Tana would respond that people know that declaring a leap year depends on calculations, and the reason for the delay was that the rabbis didn't finish their calculations until this time. And point number three was taught in a brisa, Masker Baisa Chavero Lashana, Monish Nemetzer Chodesh Yom Yom. If one rents a house to his fellow for a year, he counts 12 months from day to day, and the lease expires exactly 12 months later. And if he said that the period of the lease was for this year, then even was on the first of Adar, when the lease was signed, as soon as the first day of Nisan arrives, a year has been completed. The Gemara explains that even according to the one who says, one day of a year is considered like an entire year, it's different here, because a person doesn't bother to rent the house for less than 30 days. Rashi explains that it's considered as if he has lived there for a full year only if he was there for at least 30 days. When the Gemara suggests that the Rosh Hashanah begins in Tishrei, it answers that when a person rents a house for this year, close to Tishrei, he intends to rent it for the entire rainy season until Nisan. The Tana Kama of the Brisa and the Tana of our Mishnah didn't include it in their list because in Nisan as well, clouds are coming. Rashi explains that they therefore consider Nisan still part of the rainy season. All right, so now we go to our Simr Dav Zayin, and our standard Simr is a Kli Zayin, a weapon, and we use a gun, a gun. So here goes. The gunslinger knocking out targets with suggestions for other Nisan Rosh Hashanahs, who was thrilled when it was determined after Purim that it was an Ibrayur, giving him a second Adar of rent, shot up his lease in fury when he realized he signed it was for this year and expired the first of Nisan. Once again, in slow motion. The gunslinger, gunslinger, that must be on Duff, Zion, Clay Zion, gun. The gunslinger knocking out targets with suggestions for other Nisan, Rosh Hashanahs, which reminds us, the Lord explains that the reason our time does not include months in the Mishnah is that he's discussing the ways in which the New Year is relevant to years, meaning to 12-month periods that have a lachic significance. He's not discussing ways in which it's relevant to months. He did not include Iburim because he's only discussing beginnings. He's not discussing culminations, such as the end of a period when the court may proclaim a leap year. And he did include the separation of Shkalim, since the Brites had taught that if one brought the funds from the old year, he fulfilled his Hiv, and therefore the Tana could not state it as an absolute rule, but this implies it would invalidate the old Shkalim. Therefore he chose to omit this halach entirely. So the gunslinger knocking out targets with suggestions for other Nisan Rosh Hashanahs, who was thrilled when it was determined after Purim, that it was an Ibra year, giving him a second Adar of rent. Which reminds me of a Mokos regarding until when can one add a leap year? Is it the entire month of Adar or only until Purim? The more explains that the reason for limiting the adding of a leap year only until Purim is that since people learn the Halachos 30 days before Pesach, the people might come to be lax in observing the prohibition against Chametz. Rashi explains that people in the distant communities will have it fixed in their minds that Pesach is in 30 days and they'll not listen to the messengers that come who tell them that it's a month later. 
The more expensive the other ten would respond that people know that declaring a leap year depends on calculations, and the reason for the delay was that the rabbis didn't finish their calculations until this time. So that gunslinger knocking out targets with suggestions for other Nisan Rosh Hashanahs, who was thrilled when it was determined after Purim that it was an Eber year, giving him a second other of rent, shot up his leaks in fury when he realized he signed it that it was for this year and expired the first of Nisan. Which reminds us that if one said that the period of the lease was for Roshan Azot this year, then even it was on the first of other when the lease was signed, Kevin Shigi Yom Echel Nisan also Roshan as soon as the first day of Nisan arrives, a year has been completed. The more explains that even according to the one who holds Yom Echel B'Shana Chashub Shana, one day of a year, is considered like an entire year, it's different here, because a person doesn't bother to rent a house for less than 30 days. So once again, so once again, the gunslinger knocking out targets with suggestions for other Nisan Rosh Hashanahs, who was thrilled when it was determined after Purim that it was an Eber year, giving him a second other of rent, shot up his lease in fury when he realized he signed that it was for this year and expired the first of Nisan. All right, so now it's time for four Bulat Hazara. Dav Kimmel. So the Simmer Dav Gimel is a Gamal, a camel. So here goes. The camels, camels. That must be more Dav Gimel. Gamal. The camels competing in the great annual camel race, taking place in the second month in the second. Which reminds the Gemara brings a different source to show that the years of the king's reign are counted from Nisan. Mohazer said it's derived from So he, referring to Shlomel, began to build the base of Mikdash in the second month, which is the year in the second in the fourth year of his reign. What does the Pasuk mean by repeating in the second? Does it not mean the second month after the month from which the king's reign is counted? That is, Iyar is the second month of the king's reign, which begins in Nisan. We see from here that Nisan is Rosh Hashanah for kings. So the camels competing in the great annual camel race taking place in the second month in the second race past the non-Jewish king whose reign was counted in Tishrei. Which reminds us, with regard to the mission's ruling that Nisan is a Rosh Hashanah for kings, Rav Chista said, They taught this ruling only with respect to kings of Israel, but with respect to the kings of the other nations of the world, we count their reigns from Tishrei. Since, in referring to an incident with Nehemiah that took place in Kislev, the Pasuk describes it as occurring in the 20th year, and referring to an incident that took place later in Nisan, the Pasuk also describes it as occurring in the 20th year, but called the Rosh Hashanah of Nisan, who evidently the Rosh Hashanah with respect to the king's reign is not Nisan. And once we know it's not Nisan, it stands to reason that it begins in Tishrei, which marks the new year in many other contexts. So the camels competing in the great annual camel race, taking place in the second month, in the second, race past a non-Jewish king, whose reign was counted in Tishrei, and who was beginning to look sour as he realized he was about to lose this massive bet. Which reminds us when Rav Yosef challenged Rav Chisa's ruling that the reign of non-Jewish kings is reckoned from Tishrei, based on Psukim referring to Daryabesh's reign, where Tishrei did not trigger the next year account of his reign, Rav Yitzhak answered, Korish mel kamach Yisrael. Korish, referring to Daryabesh, was a virtuous king, therefore they reckoned his reign as they would for kings of Israel from Nisan. When later Psukim were brought, they demonstrated that Nisan did not trigger the next year of his reign, Rav Yitzhak answered that it was not a kasha, Kadim Kodim Shehich meets here in the parsha about the resumption of the temple's construction, which reckons Daryavesh's second year as beginning in Nisan, the references of the period before he soured. Kanul Achur Shehich meets, whereas here in the parsha which does not reckon his seventh year as beginning in Nisan, the reference is to the period after he soured. And then we're on the next stop, we'll discuss how Daryavesh soured. Daf Dalit, so the similar Daf Dalit is a door. So here goes. The door, door, that must be more in Daf Dalit, Dalit, door. 
The door to enter the shul featured a huge slot for giving tzedakah to get into Olam Haba, which reminds us Rav Kahana objected Rabbi Yitzhak's contention that Daryavish soured by the time of Ezra's journey, for it's written in a letter that he sent with Ezra to give the governors of Yehuda that the Jews should be given whatever animals as offerings and supplies they needed daily without fail. Rabbi Yitzhak answered that from this very passage, we can see that he acted purely for selfish motives rather than the sake of heaven. For Daryavish says, so they may offer pleasing offerings to God of heaven and pray for the lives of the king and his children. The more questions if this is problematic, for it's taught in Abraisa, concerning one who says, I donate this hell to tzedakah, so that my son shall live in this chus of the mitzvah, or that I should have a share in Olam Haba, or is that tzaddik gamur? This person is a complete tzaddik. So why should Dayavesh be considered self-serving? The more answers that this is not a difficulty, kan b'israel, kan b'ovdechokhavim here. The Abraisa deals with the Jew, while here, in the case of Dayavesh, we're dealing with idolater. So the door to enter the shul featured a huge slot for giving tzedakah to get into Olam Haba and was made of alternating rows of wood and marble. Which reminds the more brings three differences between how Shlomo Melch and Daryavesh built the temple with rows of wood between rows of marble, which demonstrate how Daryavesh had soured. So the door to enter the shul featured a huge slot for giving tzedakah to get into Olam Haba, and was made of alternating rows of wood and marble. Whereas the exit door next to it had a Yomtov calendar posted on it, reminding members not to transgress the losaseh. Which reminds the mission today that Nisan is also the Rosh Hashanah for the Ragaim. And the Gemara explains the legal significance. The Nafkamina relates to one who made a vow with respect to subjugating him to the losase of do not delay. One who voluntarily vowed to bring an offering is prohibited to delay fulfillment of his vow beyond a certain period. The Gemara brings a five-way machokas regarding when one transgresses our missions like Rabbi Shimon holds Shal Shagam Kassidrim V'chagam Matzos Techila. The three Chagim must pass in sequence with Pesach first. Daf Hey. So the similar Daf Hey is Hey. So here goes. The children joyously jumping in the Hey. Hey. That must be one Daf Hey. The children joyously jumping in the Hey for the seven days of Tashlimim for Shavuos, which reminds us, the Gemara asks where the Tanakam and Rabbi Shimon derive that Shavuos has seven days of Tashlimim and answers that they derive it from the source presented in the Brice of Tapei Rabbi Bar Shmuel, which taught the Torah said two things, count days and sanctify Rosh Chodesh, count days and sanctify Chodesh Shavuos. This teaches, just as the beginning of the month is sanctified for a period equal to one of the units by which it is counted, meaning a day, so to Shavuos is sanctified for a period equal to one of the units by which it is counted, meaning a week. So the children joyously jumping in the hay for the seven days of Tashlumim for Shavuos, Watching the Balta Acher Parade, featuring several Chiyuvim, such as Nadarim and Nadavos, as well as Peyeleka and Sadaka, which reminds us that Bryson Dav Dawad Amadav listed several obligations that are subject to the prohibition of Balta Acher, such as Nadarim, Nadavos, Hekdeshos, Sadakos, Maisos, Bechor, Peyeleka, Shechel, and more. The Gemara here brings the source for each of these rulings. So the children joyously jumping in the hay for the seven days of Tashlumi for Shavuos, watching the Balta Acher Parade, featuring several chiyuvim, such as Nadarim and the Davos, as well as Peyeleket and Sadaka, were fascinated when one man noticed the blemish on his offering and transferred its Kedusha to a substitute. Which reminds the Gemara, what the Bryce is referring to when it teaches that one is not high for Balta Acher, for delaying payment of chilufa and substitute. And after the first explanation is rejected, Rav Shesha said, We're doing the case where two regalim passed, and the original Ola Shlami became blemished, whereupon he transferred his kedusha to another animal, and one more yantav passed. You might have thought, Since the substitute comes by virtue of the first offering, it's treated as a single offering that passed three regalim, and the owner should be chayiv for Balta Akher. The pastor is coming to teach that he's not chayiv.
Dabvav. So the similar Dabvav is a sword. So here goes. The wealthy sword swallower. Sword? That must be more on Dabvav. The wealthy sword swallower who gave out Sadaka immediately to the Anim, lined up and watching him perform, which reminds us, we learned from Befichot that one is high for Balta Acher on Sadaka, and he has to give it out immediately because the Anim needed it immediately without delay, and he shouldn't think that he's only high after three or going past, like in the case of Karbanas. So the wealthy sword swallow who gave out tzedakah immediately to the anim, lined up and watching him perform, because he learned that one is chai for Baal Ta'acher each and every day after the deadline, which reminds us one is chai for Baal Ta'acher for each and every day after the deadline passes. The Mir explains that since the mitzvah of Baal Ta'acher does not apply at night, since Karbanas cannot be offered at night, therefore the mitzvah is renewed each morning. So the wealthy sword swallower who gave out tzedakah immediately to the anim, lined up and watching him perform, because he learned that one is chai for Balta Acher each and every day after the deadline, realized his wife was feeling left out of Balta Acher, so he gave her a beautiful sword necklace to be Masamecher for the Chag. Which reminds us, Rabbi Zer inquired if women are chayv in Balta Acher, perhaps since they're not chayv in Re'iya, they're not chayv in Balta Acher, or perhaps since they are chayv in Simcha, they are chayv in Balta Acher. According to Bai, women are not chayv in Simcha, rather it's the husband who's chayv to be masamech her. Alright, that concludes today's shir. This is Rabbi Abram Golden Zichur, wishing you a great day and great learning.